You're listening to the PR Wind Down Podcast, the show for public relations professionals who are ready to see real change in the PR industry. We are your hosts, April White and Laura Schooler. Let's get ready to wind down. Okay, so Laura, do you want to ask me how I've been? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my my flaws i don't i rarely ask people how they it's are just, it's so funny because i always start like the every podcast like laura how are you <laughs> in my head i don't know it was really funny to just like flip the script on you april yeah how are you i <laughs> <laughs> was so genuine i have been a little bit under the weather so i have been on the couch being as lazy as possible which turns out is actually quite fun it's Ooh. kind of sad it takes me being sick to like I mean, it's like down. getting a day off school right kind of yeah although it was all weekend too so it doesn't quite count i watched what did i watch i watched love hard which What's i normally that? this is how sick i was that i was just like netflix get me a comedy cool whatever it is yes right it was like play and so at first i'm like this is gonna be so dumb because it's basically about this chick who gets catfished so she's a, a columnist that writes about dating horror stories and then you know gets whisked off her feet by this guy that she's been chatting with online and goes to surprise him for christmas and discovers that he used his best friend's photo right and then craziness ensues I thought it was going to be kind of cheesy or dumb. It was actually really cute. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Like, I actually recommend it, and I'm a little bit... What's it called again? Uh, Love Hard. Ooh. I also watched Love Drunk in Ibiza, which I also thought would be terrible, but was actually quite entertaining. Wow, you really are watching I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I just, I just settled in and was like, I don't care how bad they are. I'm really sick. And then they're not that bad. Okay. Anyway. I watched Baseball and Judge Judy, so. Yeah, they were actually. I and the Jeffrey like, Dahmer series. That was all I watched all year. I was like, I couldn't watch anything dark. I kept trying to. Yeah. Something hit. Oh, I wanted to watch Deb versus Heard or whatever the Netflix series is about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. But oh, I need something yeah. that makes me happy and not, yeah. this is not it. Did you watch the Wham documentary? Not yet. Oh, that will make you happy. What's it called again? The Wham documentary. I don't it's know. It's literally called that? Okay, I'll just look it, it up this be. way. I mean, it's pretty new. Okay, cool. Right and I have Katya in the waiting room. So it's like All right. perfect timing. I'll let her in. So our guest today is Katya Allison. She is the host of Let's Talk Marketing, the podcast, and also an expert marketing consultant. And she's here today to talk about her new podcast, Recent Trends in Marketing Communications, and the Future of Branding. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. We are so excited. I first want to hear about this brand new podcast, 
what inspired it. I know you told me a little bit behind the scenes, but for our listeners, yeah. give us the full so, story. So I had previously hosted a podcast for a company that I was with, and we had done it for a couple of years. And then they decided to not move forward with the podcast. And what I realized is, shoot, I really like it. I really like it. And I love being able to talk about marketing. It is something that I get asked at family functions when you're out and about, like new business. People are always asking about things. And I think in the world of marketing, there is so much to learn and have to keep up that I thought may as well bring that conversation to the forefront. Now this podcast dives into any strategy across all of marketing disciplines. It's not about an industry. It's really just taking one subject and being able to dive deep, but also being able to tell the, the marketer's story of the marketer that I'm interviewing. Because I think mm. most people don't think of themselves as marketers. But if you ask them, what was your first marketing job? And then what's your current marketing job? To be able to see like that journey of, mm -hmm. oh, I started in college doing promotions and events. And now I'm in PR. There are a ton of people that start in PR as well too, and then navigate yeah. their way through that. So being able to uncover those stories, being able to highlight strategies and diving deep is ultimately where this came to be. And I always say, as long as the listeners walk away with one insight that they can use or talk about at a cocktail party, because I like to dro drop those little nuggets in there as well, too. I think like, check, it's done. And I have mm -hmm. so much fun doing it. So cool. I love that. What are some of the trends that you've been super excited about lately? Where you think things are going? So I am obsessed with AI right now, which anyone in marketing who, who isn't. And I, I'm obsessed to the point where I'm starting to create just kind of like this pool of content that I'm going to eventually post out where I can do the learning of the AI for marketers. Because I think that's the tough thing too. When it comes to AI, you have to be able to dive deep into it and the question consistently comes up, like, is AI going to take marketing jobs away? I definitely have an opinion about that. I think that we can use it to our advantage. People will never go away. You have to be able to leverage that to maximize what it is that you're doing so that you can really dive into the creative part. If there are things that like AI can help assist you in, marry them both and then become a super prompter, right? Like mm -hmm. that's going to be now a qualification that you're going to see on resumes that you're going to see on LinkedIn. I feel like I am a prompt writer and that means something because it's not just, you know, write me a blog on AI, for instance, right? That's going to spit out something very general and that mm -hmm. doesn't really provide even an SEO value to it. It's the prompter behind that, that is going to be able to craft the right prompt to get something that does rank from an mm -hmm. SEO perspective, right? So I think you have to be able to work hand in hand. Very passionate about like the content creation. Like I think my next thing is diving into the design aspect of AI, right? Oh, like yeah. So it's diving into like mid journey or designer, both AI tools, but the prompting is very different for both. It's my current obsession. And I think like <laughs> where, where it's, where it's going, you know, and yeah. understanding when to use it and when not to use it. Yeah. I, it's so funny you say that the design piece, my first introduction to that was a friend of mine who's an IT future forward kind of guy. And he's like, did you know about this platform where you can describe the dream you had last night? And it will recreate it for you. And I was like, that is insane. What? 
<laughs> that's in- he's like that- you have to know about this you have to you have to do it you have to do it right now do it right now <laughs> like I- did you do it uh, yeah the hardest to- thing for me is remembering my dream <laughs> right it um- through all all of the little details of it yeah. some of them may be a little scary i mean move over bloom house like that's it would be I know, amazing. I, like, to be I don't able know. To this like sort of creeps me out, but <laughs> it's it, to me, I think it's so amazing. I was talking to a content creator that I follow and she had the most beautiful, like front porch decoration. It was around like the 4th of July or some patriotic holiday of one or the other. Right. And I commented on her post and I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with your front porch. She immediately called me and she's like, I have to tell you right now, that's not my house. I generated that picture in mid journey. And I'm like, you're kidding me. She's like, no. And the amount of people that were responding and engaging with that particular post was insane. I was like, well, I feel like I've seen her house, but I obviously don't know the details of it. It had enough similarities and it was just an inspiration post, which I thought was so fascinating. She's like, no, I went in there and I dove in and started creating all these pictures. And she posted that one as an inspiration picture. And it it legit looks like her house. It was insane. I'm a little bit creeped out. A little bit. I'm I'm like, I can't decide what percentage I'm impressed and what percentage I'm creeped out. I feel like the right answer is 70, 30. And I don't know okay. if like you're 30, out of 70 it, or you're okay with the 70, but like, it's, it's really a mixed bag, but I think 70, 30 is <laughs> the right. I think it's the right oh split. It does make you think I had a conversation today and I wasn't on camera and they're like, no, I, you're probably just an AI generated person. And I just thought that that was the funniest thing. I feel like it definitely has the potential to go there, but I do enough work in AI where I can tell if something's written by AI or not. Right. I have a question. We've talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. I have used the open AI, but information is only as new as 2021. I learned shortly after I started using it. So I just, a few days ago and only very once or twice cursory, started using Bing AI and Bard, which is the Google. Do you, you know, like... <laughs> What's better or worse or the difference or why you would use one over the other? Well, I don't know that I could say definitively what is better or worse, but I definitely have an opinion about it. I don't think that there's, yeah, I don't think that there's one that's going to master it all. I think that you have to be a master of all of them and know when to use them for what to use them for. I think a lot of times, yeah, chat GPT is limited, but you can also give it a website to take a look at. You can also, you know, train it to get to know you a little bit better as well, too. And I think being a master of what's out there and knowing which ones you can go to for what is really going to give you like that Mm -hmm. upper hand. Like I know not to go to chat GPT for the most current relevant information. Like for that, that's a research thing, right? And I can prompt it. And knowing that if I wanted to do research, I'm backdating that kind of research, but that will at least help guide and narrow down my research, mm. my human research that I'm yeah, going mm-hmm. to do. Like, and that's I, why I say it's, it's an assistant, not a, not a, a cat. Right. 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 Yeah, you, yeah. I, I've asked you to do a couple of things and I'm like, this is malarkey. I'm using that word. Yes. Well, I, and I've had, I'm like, it was not good. Like I was like, right a bio for Laura Schooler and they put stuff in there that was a lie. And I was like, where did you come up with that? But what I found in the little bit that I've used all of these is that the chat GPT, I kind of liked it 
better than the other two so far. And I want the chat GPT to become updated into, you know, today's day. Yeah. The other two, the answers that from a PR, you know, standpoint, like doing some PR research or PR ideas, I didn't love the way they answered me as much as I like chat GPT, but chat GPT is not up to date. So well, see, and to me, it sounds like you're asking it for questions that you could also just search in Google, Google for, right? Yeah. Which that will surface it up. I think it's a really great tool for extracting things from like a transcript, right? Like it's really great for that, for a top level research, really fantastic. Being able to summarize something, fantastic for that, or even giving you like a list of questions. I'm not an advocate for using chat GPT for it to come up with questions for your podcast. Cause I think that that has to be very organic, but I do think for a guest that maybe is in an area that I don't maybe know a ton of, I would ask chat GPT. Well, let's take product marketing. For example, I know enough about product marketing, but I want to be able to come up with some really relevant questions. Like I, I would prompt mm -hmm. chat GPT, right? I'd say, okay, you are an experienced marketer in digital marketing. This is your area of expertise. You understand go-to-market plans, but you want a better understanding of the role of product marketing for B2B companies, mm -hmm. right? Like that's an incredibly extensive prompt that you put in there. And then it's going to mm -hmm. give me a summary of what it is. And this is also how I use ChatGPT as well too, is I don't know if I just don't understand technical language as much. Like I have to really be able to absorb it. So oftentimes when it gives me that response, I'll say, you know, I don't quite understand this or can you explain it in an analogy? And I can even tell it what type of analogy, right? Like as a, as a parent, can you give it to me as like an analogy that a parent would understand, a parent of a two-year-old would understand, right? Oh. And then it's giving me an analogy that can really help me break it down and totally understand. And that's, then that's a cool way of asking. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool way of using that, that I haven't yeah. thought of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This is a bit yeah. of a curveball. So, oh. <laughs> but speaking of baseball, a story that Laura found that we are going to talk about a little bit later on the podcast after we lose you, but I'm so curious <laughs> about your thoughts on it. So there is an article about, you know, should the use of AI impact what you're billing clients, right? So if it's making you faster at your job, do you still bill them for the same amount of time if you're an hourly consultant and as a person listening to the podcast, how do you account for AI making you faster at things? that normally you would have charged double for? So I definitely have an opinion on this. And like, I, for me, I knew you I, would, I, I knew you would. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I know we have a curveball, but I know a, she can handle it. I have an opinion about everything. Um, <laughs> good or bad. I don't know. That's why but we I would, first of all, like I like to do my consulting contracts in one of two ways. One is the retainer. Right. And then the other is project based. And the pro I like project based because I know exactly how much time I'm dedicating. They know exactly what to expect and how I get to that to me, doesn't matter. I think for the retainer clients, it's really hard for people to see value from like consulting from that perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, how much time are you spending on X, Y, Z? So, but that's really great for people who don't know what it is that they want, but they know that they want someone to just kind of be there. So it's really great for that. Yes. I think when it comes to leveraging, you know, chat GPT or any AI to make you faster, 
faster doesn't mean that you would pay less. It just means I'm going to get to it and I can do more for you. So that's to me is the way that I explain it. It just Mm -hmm. means that something that would have, you know, taken me one to two weeks to research, let's say something takes me two weeks to research because I have to be able to do interviews and I also have to do my own research and I have to, you know, come up with questions and do all of these different things is now cut in half. That's a week. That means that I can get to the next project or the next part of the project sooner so that yeah. they are getting what it is that they've asked for sooner rather than later. Yeah. So to me, it's not that I'm trying to charge more for that. There are certain things that take a little bit more time, but it allows me to be a lot more creative and really dive into the strategy because it's I use it as such an admin. Yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's okay. going to seem like all I do okay. is chat GPT. I didn't know. No, no, no. I, I told you I had a passion okay. for it. This, okay. So with, my passion with, right now. with that, this is a, this is a choose your own adventure two-part question. Is there something that we didn't ask you yet that you wish we had something you're passionate about, you want to talk about, or something you want to ask us? Ooh, this is a little <laughs> choose your own adventure. <laughs> I would say I kind of want to throw that question back at you in regards okay. to AI and charging more and having that conversation. Since I'm not going to be part Ooh. of the conversation, I kind of want to sneak peek as to what your thoughts are on it. That's very interesting. Well, we have purposely as an agency gotten away from billable hours that we share with clients. I, I know a lot of people are doing that. And sometimes when we're up against a competitor who is leading with that, it's like, oh, well, they're giving us 35 hours a week or whatever. So how many hours are we getting for that retainer? It's like, what? Like, that's not how yeah. this works, right? So we've gotten away from that on purpose. However, as a former freelancer, I think it is a confounding question because you do want to work more efficiently for your clients and you do want to use the tools that are out there and not do things the old school way just for the sake of it to charge more. Right. But also yeah. I have found as I got older that I get faster and faster and faster at things. So, you know, I can probably write a press release. I'm afraid to say this out loud, but like 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. a junior person or me as a junior person, it might've taken me two or three hours. Right. And it's like, I just have all the formulas on my head. I already know what I'm looking for. I know I need a quote that's roughly like this. I know that the structure is going to be here. Like, 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 and then yeah. done. In general, I, even as a freelancer kind of tried to make it be like, okay, well, press releases generally take about an hour or two or what, you know, whatever, like, yeah. is that okay with you? Does that work for the budget? And then if you're faster than that, then you're faster, you're, you're than, that. faster than that. And you never know, even if you write it in the blink of an eye, it may come back with very heavy edits because somebody in house has a totally different take on whatever, you know? So it just yeah. it gives you like buffer too, right? Of how much time it's going to take you to, to complete something. So, yeah, cause it is true. There, there is an over and an under when it comes to any work that you're doing. And ultimately when you're, when you're a consultant, they're paying for your time and your expertise, but mainly your expertise in something. So the fact that I've been a marketer for 14 plus years, I know what, to your point, I can be efficient in, and you have to be able to be the expert in your space. And being the expert also means being the expert in the tools in your space as well, Mm -hmm. too. And that is part of it. That is part of it. And to me, that's also, I think, why I've I've really dove straight into AI because I'm like, this is obviously not going away. I don't want to be a step behind. And if I'm not digging in and figuring out the best way to use this, 
for myself and then for mm-hmm. my customers, then when I go to the next brands that I work for, I'm also taking all of that expertise to them and that's going to make them better as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Right. The older you get and the more experienced you get, the better you are, the faster you can do things. I mean, you can shortcut stuff, I mean, immeasurably. So mm-hmm. should you be getting paid a lot less because of that? No, you should in fact be getting paid more because of yeah. that. So, <laughs> so April, I agree. I agree. Are, like right. that totally. Yeah, that is true. Like I'm being penalized because I'm doing my job better. Right. <laughs> or that yeah, I know right. I'm being more efficient and more accurate for you. I'm only getting paid for 12 minutes. And then like the junior person who had to go around the world and back and it took them two weeks is getting paid like, you know, thousands of dollars while I made 37 and 50. I mean, $37 and 50 cents. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So you say, okay, well then just make your hourly rates a lot higher. But if you say to a client, yeah, I bill $750 an hour. I mean, you know, their head will explode. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's been a discussion before AI. So now how does AI Mm -hmm. maybe finally help us get to a resolution or something? Because it's a challenge. Somebody, myself, who sometimes bills retainer sometimes by the hour sometimes by the project you know well and I also think it probably happens a ton more like you said from a PR perspective because how do you also quantify relationship building which is a must in PR to be really good at it you have to be able to build your network but Mm -hmm. how do do you articulate that down to like a billable like, hey, no, I, you know, went to this thing and I met this person. I built my network so that when this person reaches out and I've got a story for them, right. like, I, you know, I have. Or that if there's a crisis, it's not going to yep. be as bad because I already have a friendship with the person. The other thing I've noticed, and this is this sounds crazy, like 101, the imperativeness is that a word? The let's make one. S A T S. I did a lot better in math than verbal. It's just the joke of all of this. But (laughs) building media lists is so important. I've seen how important it is. Not only that junior people aren't sending other people on some wild goose chase that's never going to amount to anything, Mm, but staying on top, especially now with the people who are moving because they're moving every week. And if you can get to somebody like right when they move to a new job, you are... so much more likely to get a story right away because they haven't been bombarded by 10,000 PR people yet. And Mm -hmm. it works for me over and over again. And the reason why I tell you this is because as a senior consultant working with agencies, with a lot of junior people who are, you know, they don't know. There's so many nuances about list building. And I like fly in. I'm like, you need to put, you know, Mike Smith on this list. And they're like, who, what? I'm like, put Mike Smith on the list. And then the next thing you know, Mike Smith becomes our best friend and writes three stories about us within three months. Uh, How do you put a value on on that? It took yeah. me two minutes, but it changed the nature of the client's uh, trajectory in the media. No, I totally Are you agree. Me for I two think... minutes. No, well, and this is why, like, the time question is so interesting. Yeah. Like, you you are really paying for expertise. If everybody could do it, then there wouldn't right. be a need that you're filling, right? Yeah. But I think. Yeah. not everybody can do it. Not everybody can one build the relationships, you know, build your networks and know exactly what it does to like keep in touch. But more Mm -hmm. importantly, I think, especially from a PR perspective, it's connecting the dots. 
right? right? You're picking up on 100%. all of these things. And mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, Mike Smith, yeah, sure. You got a conversation with Mike Smith about AI and this person is now doing it. Wait, hold on just mm-hmm. a second. I, I now have a story that we can build around. Like, let's yes. do this. We talked about it, our last podcast that has come out and I even quoted, I think myself, <laughs> about no, a true genius quote <laughs> that pure people like what did I say where your memory your historian your dot connectors all of those things and so how do you put a price on that it's not about time it's something else okay so with that where can people find you and where can they find your podcast so both can be found on LinkedIn. There's a business page for Let's Talk Marketing Podcast. I am on, obviously, LinkedIn as well, too. Look up Katya Allison. The podcast drops every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts is where you can find that. And then definitely it. tell everybody, reach out. I always connect with people and it is all about connections and networking and, you know, us working together. It was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again, hopefully soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yes. Interesting discussion about AI with Katya and yeah. that it led to how AI is going to make consultants faster. So are they going to bill for less time when that's how they make their money? Right. And so There was an article in Axios that addressed that. And I think we covered a lot of it during our discussion, but there was another article that also sort of wrapped into this that I thought would be an interesting add-on in work life. If you're familiar with that by Chloe Callahan, she writes tons of stories for work life. And the uh, title of her story was nearly half of workers say they work four hours a day. Mm. And it talks about that nobody actually sits at their computer and works for eight straight hours. You're doing different things when you're in the office and when you're at home. When you're at home, maybe you're doing the laundry and walking your dog. When you're in the office, maybe you're watching some videos or stuff on your phone or whatever on the side. Apparently, people are working basically half, truly grinding, working half of the day. I feel like a lot of PR people do work a lot more than four hours a day. I mean, they really are grinding. Yeah. So I don't know what category of workers, but it was just sort of a study that they did. That's interesting. I mean, what's funny is that when I made the switch from in office to freelance, I felt like when I was freelance was the first time I actually worked an eight hour day. Right. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of distractions of people who you worked with or these weird business imperatives. Like you have to go to this meeting and do this training and, you know, whatever. And you have right. to walk all the way down the hallway to go right. to the bathroom and then you stop right. and get coffee and then you run into somebody and you talk about their date last night and yeah. a half an hour goes by. And right. It's like, I felt that like- doesn't happen anymore, right? No. If you're home alone, the likelihood that you're having random conversations with people- Is almost- While you're no. going to the bathroom is zero. Right. right? <laughs> Unless it's like- Oh, kitty. Right. Yeah. So they did this blind survey and they- surveyed like people at major companies. So 919 Amazon employees said that 40% of them work four hours or fewer. 43% at Microsoft, which was 476 respondents. Yikes. And 40% at Google, which was 393 respondents. Each of those companies are on a hybrid schedule. And Meta, which is still remote, but pushing for hybrid by the end of the summer, had 33% of people work four hours or less than four 
out of the 316 respondents from the company. And this is people in person? It's, or it's hybrid. Both? Okay. It's hybrid. So it doesn't mean that all remote companies are seeing the same results. A company called Atlassian, which encourages employees to work from wherever they want, has 51% of the 82 employees that responded reporting that they work four hours or less. So here is what I started thinking. When I am consulting for a lot of times for agencies or whatever, and I'm on call, I'm on call, you know, arguably eight, nine, 10 hours a day. And at any moment I could be called to pay attention to this or join this meeting or solve something or write something or pitch something or whatever. I'm sitting at my desk, I'm home, I'm, I'm not off doing other stuff. Like I'm mm-hmm. ready to work and I keep track of my time, but at the end of the day, maybe I've worked three hours, four hours, five hours, but I'm sitting there for eight or nine hours. Do you understand so, my question yeah, in terms of yeah. billing? You know, I'm expected to be doing stuff in real time. Right. Okay. So I mean, I'm like being a full-time employee, but not getting paid full-time hours. So, so it made me think of that when it says that people are only really working four hours or less. And I'm thinking, well, right, but I'll work but more you're not getting paid work. For- right. Right. Um, And I'm not getting paid for the time that I'm literally like either sitting available or right, you know, across the street available. So it made me think about this whole idea of how should consultants get paid? Is it by the hour or is it something else? And how do you come to that number? So I think it's up to them. I think you could be on retainer if that makes you feel more comfortable. The over under that Katya talked about is there, right? Sometimes you're going to go over and sometimes you'll be under and you get paid the same or you do hourly. I would say, I know, for example, when I was freelancing and I felt like I had to be available, I would get assigned thing usually late in the day and then just work until they were done and go to bed. Right. So Mm -hmm. sort of like I waited for all of it to pile up. Right. Spent my day doing whatever, writing music or going hiking or like just doing stuff for myself. If you are tied to a desk and you have something else that you are passionate about, whether it's, okay, I want to be a stand-up comic. I want to write a play. I want to create a piece of music. I I mean, these are all creative endeavors. They wouldn't have to be. I want to start my own clothing business. I like, you know, there are things that you could be doing at your desk that you're sort of parallel pathing. So you're working on that until you get interrupted. Cool. Now go over here. I bill for that. Go back to my passion project and I work on that. But I, I think, you know, being like stuck at a desk for eight hours waiting for work and billing for three, I would not do. So I would either restructure how you do your work day and say, whatever you need, I'll get done by 8 p.m. Eastern before I go, you know, eat dinner and go to bed or like I'm just making this up. But I would either do it that way or I would be like, okay, I'm going to be at my desk, but I don't belong to you. I belong to myself. So I'm going to whatever it is that I care about, right? you know, I'm going to do in between. It still isn't answering my question of basically how should consultants who are senior, you know, I don't think you can bill any hours that you're sitting there unless you're on retainer. You you either need to fill the hours with something with more billable stuff or fill it with stuff that matters to you so you don't feel taken advantage of, you know? So then it goes back to the discussion we're having with Katya. Like there's things that, you know, somebody like me or me is able to do in minutes where it would take junior people. They would never be able to do it. At what point are you getting paid for your 
brain and expertise, no matter what it is. I would say when you're a consultant and you're able to charge packages. Right. Like retainers or, or retainers. like, yeah. Right. Or like, I will do your rebranding for $20,000. Yeah. Then you do. Cause then only, you know, how many hours it takes. Like I said, most people don't care how many hours it takes. Like that's so in the weeds for most people. I mean, there's certain people that want to nickel and dime you and they they care about your hourly rate. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, let's get right. her down to this. And then it's well, like, right. when you talk to, the, but it's also like, who cares if, okay, so, okay, fine. I'm $75 an hour instead of a hundred. And now I'm going to just charge you an extra More, right. half an hour. Like, cool. Like if that's what makes you think that you got right. your deal. You just got, well, right. Because I would say that a lot of times when you talk to agencies or, you know, anybody about doing freelance work, agencies yeah. in particular ask, what's your hourly rate? And, that's and it's okay. like, if you give the wrong answer, they're like, oh, well, we, you, you're too expensive. Exactly. Okay. Well, but it's going to take me an hour to do it while well, you're going to pay somebody less, but they're going to take 10 hours to do it. So I mean, I usually tell people when they're interviewing and they're a friend, I know you're thinking about coming at like 125, but I can already no. tell you if you do that, you can, but if you do that, the number of hours that any agency can afford to assign you is so low, it might not actually benefit you. So you might be better off coming at like 75, 85, whatever. And then you get more hours because you're less intimidating with your hourly rate. Yep. It's, unless, uh, unless you were that, you know, in demand ringer that they bring in to, you know, be the wolf, like a Pulp Fiction, the cleanup wolf, right? Like if you're that person and only right. you can do what you do yeah, and nobody else in the entire industry can do it. Right. Charge, or you're one of three people who does it. And yeah. charge $300 an hour. Go yeah. for it. Cause you, you're the only one that can get by with that. Like yeah. you're the only crisis consultant who knows how to clean up. Right. I think thing. that, I think that's just the answer. I think you got to it. Everybody wants to be able to just be like, I, I bill, you know, you have to pay me $20,000 for me to even walk in the door. But there's really only a few people who could get away with that. Because we yeah. still live in reality, unfortunately. I mean, there's a lot of people. We don't live can, in AI. Yeah. And it's like, is everyone replaceable? No, but kind of. Kind of, yeah. Okay. No. I think that that is the current reality. Yeah. And there are those who have figure out how to live above reality. And there's also young junior people that aren't charging that much that have figured out how to be really effective. Yeah. And you're competing with them, even though you're more senior. Is the extra $40 an hour actually that more, much more important? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's what you're up against when you're pricing yourself as well, a freelancer. You have well, to figure out how to walk the line. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's kind of a depressing answer. No, I mean, I think it's the right realistic answer. But like I said, there are those people who have been able to create a magical world. And that's what I guess we all want to try to get to. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, maybe one day we can have a discussion with somebody about how to create the fantasy. That'd be fun. Okay. All right. On that note, should we call it a day and say au revoir, even though I'm not French? Okay, go. Uh Thank you for tuning in for the PR Wind Down podcast. And thank you to Katya for joining us for a really fun interview. Remember to share your own agency stories and questions. If you subscribe and leave us a rating, it helps us reach new listeners like you. Can't wait to whine with you again next time.
Uh, that was spoken like somebody's waiting for me to chime in and didn't. Um, you want to try again? No, because we never can do it. That was good. Okay, okay great. It's a wrap. <laughs> but I didn't like clean my house. I didn't like exercise. I like, or I didn't really make myself proper meals. I just sort of acted. Did you make like, yourself improper meals? Yeah, lots of them. Lots of like yogurt and granola with strawberries. Lots oh, of frozen yummy. pizza. Oh, I love that. I made hot dogs. Who eats hot dogs? I ate hot Were dogs. Did they, they plump when you when you cook them? I do them on the stove. They're turkey hot yeah. dogs. All right. It was just too. I was like too tired. It wasn't even too lazy. It just like literally didn't have the energy. So it's like, what am I? I had eat cereal. Who eats cereal? I <laughs> I ate cereal for a while. I haven't done it recently. Like I started a child. Like I I was like it was like a five year old left alone in the house. With just enough know-how to make herself food. My my old, well, my trainer, he's my old trainer because I just don't go to him anymore. But he he told me once that my diet should not consist of things that I could find at a child's birthday party. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, that's totally like my diet. (laughs) Okay, so cake. Like ice cream, cake, pizza, and candy, like, and soda. (laughs) 